this is the first time in history where your average person is like, yo, I'm going to buy a board ape when it's at, you know, 0.8 ETH and ride it to where the floor is 26 ETH. And it's like that that's game changing wealth for somebody. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's happening, man? How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. The markets are crazy. It's a wild time to be working in NFTs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, very excited for today's episode. We have a very special guest, Tom Billy. Tom is the co-founder and CEO of Impact Theory Studios. If you're not already familiar, Impact Theory Studios is a revolutionary digital-first studio that produces tons of incredible content, whether it's a hit show on YouTube and podcast, Impact Theory, which is an incredible business and personal development series, um, or even some of the, the fiction content series that he's released, including his comic book series with uh, with Steve Aoki called Neon Future, which is also ventured into the metaverse by way of uh, Neon Future NFTs. So I think Tom is on an incredible mission. He wants to use kind of storytelling, both fiction and nonfiction, to impart growth mindsets amongst people. And I think really excited to have him on because he's been a a very, um, he's an early adopter to NFTs, not only as as an avid collector and as an avid fan, but even just in spearheading a lot of interesting use cases as a creator, as an influencer, as a media company and digital media operator. So really excited to, to peel back the curtains on a lot of his perspectives as it pertains to disruption in media and entertainment, how how different people can go about building communities based on what he's learned in, in growing such a massive community on his end. And just one other note, just so it's not to be taken lightly, Tom is a veteran entrepreneur. Prior to Impact Theory, he's one of the co-founders of Quest Nutrition. You may have had a Quest protein bar. This literally became a unicorn company valued at over a billion dollars, right? So very tried and true entrepreneur, lots of very incredibly valuable uh, perspectives in this episode. So, so can't wait to dive in. What stood out to you, Matt? Man, you know, it's just been so great watching Tom go down the NFT rabbit hole. He's really he dove into the deep end head first. He's been getting into so many projects. He's obviously worked on NFTs, as we said. I'm really excited because he's a guy who always has uh, really had a forward-looking perspective uh, on all the industries he's been a part of. I'm excited to hear his thoughts about how this uh, disrupts and changes and impacts media and creators and podcasters. And also, you know, he's such a passion. He's got such a passion for the comic book space, the anime space. And those are massive, massive markets that uh, I'm really excited to hear his thoughts about. Yeah, for sure. Well, as always, if you haven't already, definitely be sure to go to nftnow.com, sign up for our newsletter where we simplify the market into actionable insights once a week. And without any further ado, Mr. Tom Billion. Tom, what's happening, man? Welcome to the show. What How are you doing? Hey, uh, gentlemen, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. Very excited, man. For starters, we really just love, I know there's a very grand vision behind impact theory. I think a lot of the different ways in which you're moving in the space are driven by kind of actualizing upon this mission that you're on. So I'd really love to hear it from the horse's mouth, kind of the, the, the grand vision for impact theory and the impact you're really trying to create. Yeah. So we're going ham. The goal is to, it's really to make sure that nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset. Like that's really the thing that drives all of this. And then the way that you get to that is you've got two options before you. Option number one, you can look into a camera and say, think like this, act like this. 
And that impacts about 2% of the world. And it's incredible, man. And the number of people that have come up to me and said, your content is just, you know, it's changed my life. It's changed me. It's changed my family members. That kind of stuff is, is really incredible. And that started back at Quest where we had 3,000 employees, about a thousand of them grew up hard, 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 hard. And realizing that in my own life, I had made these tremendous changes really just by focusing on my mind. And I thought, okay, if I can do this in my own life, can I show other people how to do this? And I still get calls and texts to this day of people who their life was headed in one direction because of a certain frame of reference that they had. And as they shifted that frame of reference, it changed everything from what kind of job they pursue, what kind of skills that they try to acquire. And that equals what kind of money they make, how they interact with their family, how they dream about their future. Just It's this idea of I, that I call the only belief that matters. When you believe you can get better, then your behavior follows that belief. And so you put energy into getting better. So, okay, cool. I start pouring my energy into this thing that I used to call Quest University. I now call Impact Theory University. And it was just looking into a camera and saying, think like this, act like this. And because that only impacts 2% of the world, I became obsessed with what about the 98% and how do we reach them? And what do we do to ensure? And in the beginning, if I'm honest, I didn't, I hadn't yet keyed in on the idea of 11 to 15 and what's called the age of imprint, which depending on where you guys want to go with the show, we can go into that, but I'll, I'll skip it for now. And really that brought me back around to storytelling. And you know, you guys know my story a bit, but in a super quick nutshell, went to film school, always wanted to be a storyteller, come out of film school, thought I would get the three picture deal, be the next Spielberg, didn't quite work like that. And I meet these two very successful entrepreneurs and they say, look, you're coming to the world with your hand out. And if you want to control the art, you have to control the resources. So come with us and get rich. And I was like, word, let's do it. I thought it would take 18 months. It took 15 years, but it worked. And in that journey of 15 years, I developed a really strong why. Why am I telling these stories? And it was to help that 98%. And so every story that we tell, we embed mindset. And it's really all about the growth mindset, making sure that people's frame of reference is one that leads them down a path of getting better at whatever they want to get better at. And so we were really looking, when I founded the company, I actually said to the team, I said, look, our job is to stay in business long enough so that we get to a moment of disruption that's so great that we can leapfrog ahead of some of these legacy institutions. So we're trying to build the next Disney. You're going up against somebody that's got a 90-year head start, billions of dollars in IP, billions of dollars in revenue. And it's only going to be in a real moment of disruption that you're going to be able to really make moves. And so that moment ended up being NFTs and literally on a dime. Uh, it was like found out about NFTs on a Monday. And by Tuesday, we had allocated you know, millions of dollars in budget to building out platforms and projects and, and really have just when I say all in, guys, I mean all in. So, but yeah, that's that's the theory. I think that will ultimately introduce people to the mindset through characters, stories, projects that they just love on a visceral, emotional level, and then it delivers that nugget of wisdom around a growth mindset in a way that's palatable. Yeah, no, and I, we'll definitely dive into a lot of the NFT related stuff, but just want to take a step back too because I really love how you're using storytelling and media, both fiction, nonfiction, to really impart empowering narrative and, and use that as a, as a mechanism to drive societal change and progress. And I think it even kind of resonates with us too, because uh, kind of one of our underlying missions with NFT now is really to empower the creators of culture. Obviously, there's kind of a, a seismic shift with NFTs and how that brings power back to the creators and their communities without necessarily the reliance on a, on a third party that might just be trying to to leech value along the way. So I think it's um, really cool to see and, and always been a fan and super excited to see how it continues to, to grow and prosper. But in, the, in that vein, like when you, you, you mentioned that like 
hard shift of the the Titanic or the the, the impact theory speedboat rather. What um I mean, when you say all in on NFTs, like how is NFTs and the technology impacting storytelling from your perspective, either kind of right now or even just the vision going forward, so that way you can really bring that mission to life. So I'm old enough to have lived through the boon in the '80s when you could advertise to kids on commercials of cartoons. And so you saw, it was called selling from the shelf. So you would launch He-Man, G.I. Joe, two of my favorites on the shelf and then tie it into a show. And the two reinforce each other. So whether you were walking through the toy aisle at Kmart, like I was, and seeing like these really cool figures and then going, whoa, there's also this show. And so you either could have been introduced by the toy itself, or you could have gone and seen the cartoon first and then sought out the toy. And so it was this incredible time where you had the ability to attract amazing talent because there was so much revenue. And then they changed the laws. And I don't feel that it was bad that I was marketed to as a kid. So I may be a little flippant about these laws, um, but it, it really hurt the amount of talent that poured into that space. And so it's just a very different time as we went through you know, the 2000s where um, it was shifting more towards an adult audience. There wasn't as much money being poured into kids' entertainment. And because you lost that ability to really get the synergy between the product and the, the entertainment. And so now as you're launching NFTs, that's the new selling from the shelf. That's the new product where you can launch Board Ape Yacht Club first and then tell the story over time or you can, you know, we just were recording this when they just announced that Punk sold, uh, you know, the, the, I think, merchandising rights. And so you begin to see how you can launch this thing first, that is this sort of weird hybrid of collectible investment vehicle, possible entertainment down the road. And by the economics of the situation, enough money pours into a project that if they make $2 million on launch, they can reinvest that into the infrastructure that they're going to need to tell these stories. And so now, instead of having to make a toy, which is actually quite expensive, you can do an NFT, which you can do relatively cheaply compared to something physical, launch that company, essentially launch that brand, and then tell the story as you go. So it's completely changing the economics. Um, you know, we just saw the Mutinate Yacht Club Mutant Ape Yacht Club did what $96 million in an hour. So it's like, dude, that's it's it is literally unprecedented. And so my hypothesis is that there, there are only two ways for a project to sustain. You either become so valuable financially that you can build a real community and people just glom on to what it means to be in that community, Board Ape Yacht Club, or you get so good at telling a story that people are getting this double-sided value of, I like the collectible, it's going up in value, but I also have emotional resonance with the IP itself and the story that's being built behind that. And so our bet is on that. So all the projects that we're doing, part of the roadmap is a huge investment into the story. It's you know hiring writers, it's really building out that IP over years. And because we're a company, we can afford to do that, right? We're not you know, no disrespect to the two artist teams where you've got a coder and an artist. It's amazing, but it's like knowing what it takes to run a business, you know, for three to five years, it's like, that's a whole different beast. And so um, we're focused on that long-term value creation through the story. Makes total sense. And, you know, I, I love that you brought up, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club, which obviously has a fanatical community behind it. Um, you know, CryptoPunks, which has a, a strong community and a legacy as well. That's, they, they've done a good job of articulating that story. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, you obviously have built a massive community yourself. 
with impact theory and your own personal brand. Um, so I'm curious on like two on two sort of two questions in one. Um, one, like, what are your thoughts about how NFTs empower uh, creators to to engage and and enrich their communities? And B, like, what sort of advice would you have for artists and NFT projects who are looking to build a, a sustainable, engaging community? So number one is we're living through a transition and this is what had me so giddy before we started rolling it's like we're living through a foundational change in the economic structure of creative projects and you're now in a space where the community is going to share in the profits of projects and so they're able to place a bet on something and say hey i really believe in this creator or i really believe in this piece of art and so i'm going to invest by buying a piece and the you know the creators get that initial lump sum uh and then obviously take royalties as we go but if it goes up in value i make money and so now I'm rewarded in a way that is just deeply human, right? There, there's no way to extract the economic value of NFTs from the community aspect. And while I hope that things settle out, that most people are in the game for the holding and the being a part of the community, it's really phenomenal that at different points in somebody's life, they can say, you know what, I'm going to take my gains in this one, I'm going to exit, or maybe I bought two and I sell one and I keep one. And for them to be able to participate in that, for all of us to be able to get rewarded for being a tastemaker is, is extraordinary. And it, it's creating a feedback loop of I've been around long enough to have seen a lot of sort of different movements and different cycles, and I've never had more fun in business than I'm having right now. And I'll say that again, I've built a billion dollar company. I've had a billion dollar exit and I've never had more fun than I'm having now. And part of that is that my team is going to be able to benefit, right? So if we do a drop, giving them uh, access to that, if, um, watching the community do well off of this like i'm just wired for that so seeing people bet on me believe in me believe in what we're doing at impact theory want to support it and now have a way that doesn't just benefit me but echoes back into the community so that shift like that is going to change things so fundamentally i don't think people really understand that that economic shift will keep rippling. So I'll give you an example from one of my own employees got in at the right time on a project. I, I forget which project it was, but if he were to exit now, he, he spent, I don't know, call it $1,500. He could exit now for $100,000. That's insane. That's insane. Like that, that's insane. Do people understand like how crazy that is? That we're talking over four weeks. So anyway, that feedback loop between creators and community, it, it will change everything. Completely agree. Um, and, you know, given your experience in obviously, you know, the media side of things and podcasting, um, I'm curious to also hear, like, what are, what do you feel are some of the leading use cases in media and entertainment that you see? Like, how do you feel that media entities, whether they be uh, film, comics, you know, podcasts, et cetera, are going to leverage NFTs going forward? So the smart way to do it is you are leveraging it as a, a key. I think is probably the easiest way to think about it. And so here is my favorite example. I want people to extrapolate from this because I don't just mean this, but this will give you an idea. Let's say, gentlemen, that the three of us are walking through Decentraland together. And I'm like, oh, snap, there's a, an Impact Theory logo on this wall. You guys are like, what are you talking about? There's no logo on that wall. And I'm like, there is for me because I'm holding an Impact Theory NFT of some kind. And so now you're like, oh, wait, it's not actually just a logo on the wall. It's actually a door. Oh, I can go through it. But you guys 
try to go through the door and you can't get in. And now they're inside this exclusive impact theory um, moment, whether it's a game that you can play. Did you guys play the Mutant Ape Yacht Club uh, arcade game? I did. Yeah. It was so I thought, dope. I thought that was such a cool little integration. Oh my God. I, I was like, oh my, I have to do something like this. So cool. I couldn't yeah. beat it though. I, so I, I, also, I also have not beaten it yet. So <laughs> I think it's gone. Did our I think window, it only existed for expired? three days. I'm almost certain. So, but like, fast. dude, A, yes. And B, that alone was cool. But now imagine that we were walking through Decentraland. I was the only one that could go in and play it because I had that in my wallet. And then let's say that I play it and I beat it. And now I get something for that. And that's something maybe unlocks something new or it gives me access to an early drop. Like right now, I will tell you, you guys watching Mechaverse? I'm not. uh, Oh my God. So... This, I would say this is alpha, but they are so popular already. And all they've done is launch a teaser. This is like the antithesis of alpha. I'll take the beta. (laughs) Yeah, this is hard beta. Uh, They, their project looks so cool to me. And when you have a moment like that, where people are flooding into the discord, and I think in like the first 24 hours, they added 20,000 people to their discord. I'm almost, wow. they, they have now, I think 25 or 27,000 as of this morning, maybe more now. And you can imagine if they have a 10,000, you know, unit project, you, you can't even get one to all the people in the discord. So let alone people that aren't in the discord, but think that it's a high project. So now it's like, well, what's my key? What, what are you doing? Like artifact last night? I don't know if you guys saw it. They did an airdrop and just all of a sudden I, I was getting lit up by the guys on my team. They're like, yo, artifact is doing a drop. And so you go in, you know, you do whatever they want you to do to register. And then they're like, cool, you're on a list. A list for what? I don't know. But it's like, it's, it's stuff like that. By having that thing, you get access to certain information, whether it's, in fact, think about Discord and the way that it's integrated, right? Discord is, is just doing a beast move by integrating so hardcore with NFTs. So now I can give you different access to my Discord. And so NFTs as, as a key and NFTs as a gamification thing to incentivize the behaviors that you want from your community. And then long-term rewards. Dude, like there are people that, so there are OG people that have been in my ecosystem, let's say since my impact theory, or sorry, my inside quest days, right? And so it's like, you want to do something dope for them because they found you when you had like, no joke, 47 subscribers. And it's like, if, uh, if I could have offered them something at that moment, that they are now it's a question of will you hold it right and if they held that thing and now that i've got you know an ecosystem that's like seven million deep it's like you can imagine having one of those founder tokens or whatever that i could have launched at the beginning had nfts existed and me be aware of them i should probably say because they probably did exist but that is if you're wired in a way where you actually want to connect with your community and you want to give them value it's crazy and so at the risk of diatribing and feel free to jump in if you have something, but there, there is this, as we get into being, you know, um, social personalities, people in front of a camera, it's a really incredible relationship. That's unlike anything ever. And PS, if you ever see me out in public, come say hello. Now in the middle of COVID, I'm probably going to give you an elbow, but, uh, that's extraordinary. And so to be able to give people a way to deepen that relationship where they benefit from betting on you early, they have a way to show an affiliation with your brand. It is, it's game-changing in terms of the depth of emotional connection. And then one last thing I'll say, you guys saw what, what's going on with Nouns Yeah. Incredible. 
Okay, so this is the earthquake. This is the, the shot heard around the world. And what we witnessed on day one was a company got almost $2 million in founding capital for launching a, an 8-bit JPEG that looked like something Nintendo made back in 1983 of a Christmas elf. And they launched a company with that. And when you think about it, you used to have to go to Sand Hill Road, hawk your wares, pitch hundreds of times, and hope, as you guys know, you know what it's like to try to drum up capital, and hope that you get $2 million. And for them to be able to do it with an idea, they're like, I don't need to go impress anybody in Silicon Valley. I'll just put this out. And if the community agrees that it's dope, then we've got the money. It, it's, it's crazy, man. And so, look, this is a tectonic shift in economics. That's that's the full stop. No, it's absolutely fascinating. Exciting to be still in the, the very much the very first inning. And I think in that vein too, there's a lot of people, especially in kind of the, the more traditional media, digital media, entertainment spaces that are, are still very much kind of writing this off as a fad. That they see a, a headline, see just straight bubble. And um from your perspective, I mean, as a veteran entrepreneur who's seen the emergence of lots of different trends, you already kind of alluded to this, but like what leads you, I mean, what, what are the signals or if somebody says like, oh, this is just a fad, this is just hype, like what to you is kind of, what's your response there that like, this is, this is a, a incredibly impactful renaissance of sorts within media and within creators and communities. So my first reaction is, oh, thank God, because man, I want people to leave the alpha for me. Like, hey, clear some space, throw shade on it, doubt it all day. It's fucking amazing. Right. <laughs> and it's like, uh, the first time you have one of your buys, you know, do a hundred X and you're like, oh my God, in this one NFT, I just made back more money than I've spent on everything on all my losses were covered by this one. I mean, it, it is literally the portfolio strategy that traditional investors use. Now I want to make it very clear. NFTs are the riskiest asset class I could possibly imagine. And so personally, I'm not doing it for the money, but when you see something like that happen, it isn't that it makes you go, oh, I'm going to get rich in NFTs. Cause that is not what I'm saying. You're almost certainly going to lose your money in NFTs. Let's be very clear about that. But you realize that something new was just birthed into the world and it is a new way of interacting economically. And so that's what I find fascinating. So that's my first reaction. My second reaction is I have a moral obligation to get in front of the biggest platform that I can find, that I can build and tell people what's going on because I want to see other people win. And this is the first time ever in, in, in my life. And I would say in anybody that's alive now, crypto and NFTs. So I'll say the, the blockchain in general, I don't, don't just mean this with NFTs because I'm way more invested into Bitcoin and Ethereum than I am into NFTs by a factor of like 50. So, you know, let me be very clear about my strategy. Um, but this is the first, this is me quoting, paraphrasing Raul Paul from Real Vision. And he said, look, this is the first time that the average person is able to front run the institutions. Normally, an institution gets in, they get that private offer of the, hey, you can buy in at some crazy low valuation. Then they you know, pump it up, they get to the IPO, and then they make it available to the public. And the vast majority of the wealth has already been locked in. And this is the first time in history where your average person is like, yo, I'm going to buy a board ape when it's at you know, 0.8 ETH and ride it to where the floor is 26 ETH. And it's like, that. that's game-changing wealth for somebody. So it just invites you into this world of what's happening in cryptocurrency, what happens when value becomes digitized and getting people, because my, my pitch to people is, look, 
I'm not telling you to invest. I'm telling you to learn about it before you ignore it. So if you look at NFTs and you look at Bitcoin, you look at Ethereum or any of the other coins and you say, this is dumb, fair enough. Like if you've done the research and you conclude that this just isn't, it doesn't make sense and, and you think it's going to be a fad, I totally get that because none of us can actually see into the future. But for the love of God, do not ignore this. And that's where I'm like beating drums, going on podcasts, saying it on my own platforms, like just trying, trying, trying to get people to look at this. And to the point where, you know, my family, my parents are boomers, like actual boomers. Uh, and, you know, so much of my family is not into this. And I said, look, I will give you money, but the only catch is you have to open a wallet and you can only spend this money on, you know, blue chip stuff. And so that I just believe in it that much that I'm like, I legitimately have a moral obligation to tell. I love that. I mean, it comes back to the classic concept of teaching them how to fish rather than giving them a fish. You know, I love that. And that'll help drive mainstream adoption. Education is so key to that. Um, you know, Tom, I know that you're you're a huge fan of anime. You're a huge fan of comics. You go deep in that world. Um, I know a, a couple months ago, you also released some NFTs related to Neon Future, uh, the comic franchise. You worked with Steve Aoki. Love to hear a bit about, about those projects and then also how you feel NFTs are going to impact the, that, those worlds uh, and, and those markets in the future. So I'll just say this. Uh, anybody out there, if you own one of the NFTs that Steve and I did, all I'll say is hold on to them. Uh, so. This is that will always be the first NFT that I did. And uh, I will make sure that I honor that as we move forward, that that's going to matter in my world. Um, so that's a, a big deal. We are about to launch a platform um, that is focused around anime and video game art specifically. Uh, and we've got a gaggle of just obscenely talented artists that are going to be um, a part of that launch. And we're committed to that platform in a way that people, they won't understand at first, right? So one, our thesis is going niche. So people are going to be like, oh, it's another marketplace. And then they'll see that we have a very clear focus. Um, but we also are building in features into it that are unlike anything else that's out there. Um, and I think if people understand how important that community is to me to reach that 98% of people, to make sure that nobody gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset, they'll understand why I'm like, that's one of those, if it starts slow, if at year two, it's, you know, we're still just trying to get the momentum, I'll keep going year four, year five, like it is something I believe in so much that we're here for the long haul. The technology is going to get better and better and better. We're going to bring on bigger and bigger artists and you know, start doing things with brands. Um, so that that's a hardcore long-term play. Um, and then we also have, so everything that I put my name on, just know I'm going to back this up forever. Like if seven people buy it and everybody else paper hands it, those seven people are going to get fucking rich because uh, not, not financial advice, uh, but <laughs> we, we will be so aggressive into building those things out long-term that it, it will be dizzying for people. So we've got a, a just straight up story that we're launching. I can't reveal the name or the theme yet uh, that we've been working on now for months and months. It is fucking incredible. The art is insanity, insanity. Uh, and what we've had to do from a tech perspective to pull it off is, is, uh, has been quite the lift. Um, but that'll be dropping in November. Super amped for that. 
And then what we're going to do at the beginning of next year is going to melt people's face. So it's everything's a long-term play. We're approaching this like a company. When we launch a project, it's with a team. Um, so yeah, people don't have to worry that we're going to move on to the next and these are cash grabs. Most of these things will be just, we'll reinvest every dime back into the project. No, absolutely fascinating. Very exciting. Uh, very excited to see how that continues to evolve. And I, I want to highlight one thing there too, because I, I think, um, I mean, between impact theory, neon future, um, I mean, there's this macro trend of the democratization of media, right? Like, whereas media used to just be major production companies and broadcast companies, now you have social media influencers. You've been able to build one of the top business podcasts and personal development podcasts and shows with impact theory. Um, looking at NFTs, I mean, we've had conversations with artists or photographers that used to have to do brand work. And uh, we were even talking, I think it was Mad Dog Jones was saying that it, like, it used to be this like likes economy where it'd be this notion of how much engagement can I get on my social media posts so that way I'm able to effectively leverage that in closing a bigger brand deal and do some sort of brand creative consulting project, right? Now now there's this mechanism where we're empowering creators to earn directly from their audience. So I, I think um, this is, is going back to democratization of media. I mean, with impact theory, with um, neon future, you're already doing this within a web two context as part of this bigger trend, pulling it away from traditional powers. How do you see Web3 and NFTs further accelerating the democratization of media? I think that it actually is the democratization of media. So, you know, up until this point, it's there's been sort of a flirtation with it. But when you buy, you know, something like a board ape and you actually get economic rights and you can go exploit that thing, now all of a sudden people are, you know, building things on top of things and derivative projects. And I don't know if you guys have caught the derivative buzz like I have, but what happens is, so take Oni Force. The fucking aesthetic just blew me away, right? Loved it, knew I wanted to be a part of it from the jump, um, got my Onis. And because I feel an emotional attachment to them, when I saw people doing derivative projects, I was like hitting the artist up and I'm like, yo, fucking mint that. I will buy that shit. Like, you know, please go get that done. And so what is true, and I don't know that artists are going to like hearing this, but what is true about art is the following. There, in fact, I'll use the X-Men. All right. So in the X-Men, there is that, uh, I think his name is Firestarter, but to be honest, I don't remember. But he can't create fire, but he can manipulate it. And then there's people that can actually create the fire. So their artists are the same. There are some artists that can create the fire. They can come up with a concept. They can bring it to fruition. They can think of a character that's never existed before. And we're all blown away by that. Then there are other artists that... Their art talent is next level. They are unbelievably gifted, but they can't think of the concept. It's just not their gift. And so now what we're seeing is you've got the people that create something like Oniforce, and then that allows these other insanely talented artists to go, cool, there's the idea that resonates with me. Now I'm going to build something on top of it. And so traditionally, in fact, without naming any names, I will just tell you that I have spent the last, God, now about six or seven months hitting up the biggest brands on planet earth saying, Hey, we're building this platform. You should do something. And all of them are like, no, we don't know. We don't know. I'm not sure. Like, you know, they don't know what they want to do with it, but they do know that they don't want anybody else to do anything with it. And so they're, they are all going to rue that decision. And I need to go find when I said this, but I think it would have been back in like 2015, 2016 at the latest. I said, hey, 
impact theory is going to be the easiest place to get a license from ever. Like I knew you want the community to take your project and run with it. You want them to do crazy things. You want to lose control of your marketing because people are so into your project. They're just creating all this stuff. And the only way to get them to do that long-term is for them to have some sort of financial investment. So whether that's selling prints, which you've got companies that will turn a blind eye to it, but like if you start getting too big, they'll come and clamp down on you. Um, or it's actually being able to go and you know do something more profound with that. And so the mechanism I'm thinking through now, and so don't hold me to this, this is just me sharing ideas here. Um, but one thing that we're talking about internally is this idea of, okay, cool, you, you buy into one of our projects, you have some level of rights that you're able to go do. Now we want to control the narrative that matters to us. So it won't just be like freewheeling because of the whole thing around empowerment and all that, but there's going to be things that you can do and sell and make the money and, and reap those rewards. But that means you're going to get some projects that are amazing and some that are crap. And so how do we help lend credence to the ones that are great while not trying to stop the people, because sometimes, you know, it's like you got to give them the space to try and you never know which ones are really going to pop. And so doing something like a verified, right, like that blue check mark to this project is now canon, right? This is actually part of the lore. And so that would allow people to create something that they can monetize that can actually become part of the world, but gives us a certain level of control so that you don't dilute your own brand so that you don't end up having the story becoming so chaotic that people can't follow that thread. So anyway, like I said, this is just stuff we're thinking through, but I think what we're going to see is well, what we're already seeing is brands becoming valuable so much faster by harnessing the power of the community. No, I mean, it's it's fascinating. And I mean, we were just having a conversation too, even beyond just brands when it comes to harnessing the power of community, even from the perspective of like the, the traditional art world where there used to be just such this divide between an artist and the, the collector and their community. Like now this brings the community right at the forefront, it's really just a, a new mechanism for engagement, conversation and, and community. And um, I mean, it's really fascinating to think through. One thing you brought up too is the, the notion of um, kind of like wanting everybody to have your license just so you can really empower the community to become advocates and ambassadors at a greater level. And earlier too, we also kind of spoke about the, I mean, there's the recent news with the United Talent Agency, UTA, partnering having access to the rights of uh, Larva Labs, most notably CryptoPunks and MeBits. Um, and somebody as yourself, that's very much in this kind of like media and entertainment world and thinking through IP and licensing opportunities from a business perspective, what excites you about a partnership like that? Obviously, one of the, the front runner NFT projects partnering with a very credible talent agency. Um, what is the kind of potential that you see in store for a partnership like that? And even ex extrapolating beyond just that one specific partnership, what this means for the, the, the powers that be in the worlds of entertainment and media. Yeah, I mean, look, everything comes down to attention. And so what you're seeing, and it, it will be very interesting to watch the legacy um, groups and companies come into the space. I have found them to be frustrating. And so as we've launched the studio in the beginning, man, it was like, I was perfectly happy to play within the system. And it was just like, hey, cool, I'm going to do this. You know, we're going to make the dopest IP and it'll just naturally find its way onto a screen near you. And then you get into the meetings and you realize like some of the cliches about the industry become cliches because they are true. And so that was like, I don't think you guys understand what has happened to the industry. I don't think they understand like 
For instance, I get more views than a lot of big shows. And, but there's still somehow in the public consciousness, there's not an awareness of that. And so once you understand, but wait a second, what matters is who can point people's attention at something. And so I feel like the traditional industries have already been shot mortally. The, the wound is there's no coming back from it. And so now it's like, well, it might take you seven years to bleed out, but you are going to bleed out. And so now as you know, this real disruption begins to happen, what, what I think will play out is the following. It will just be impossible to get the best talent in-house. And so now, as you just can't get the best talent in-house, it, it will be this really slow shift of like energy where think about a project that has had the kind of, and, and really think about for a second that there's only 200,000 active wallets on OpenSea and they did $3 billion in August, okay? They just, they trounced Etsy by day 18, right? Just to give you an idea of scale eBay is only 8 billion. So it's like, it, it's crazy how rapidly this happens. So now with only 200,000 wallets, who has had more energy as a, as a brand than Board Ape Yacht Club in the last six months? Nobody. Like, and, and that was born of NFTs. It was born of giving power to the community. And so I'm very curious to see as UTA comes in, as other players come in, can they recruit talent and change their own mindset to be a community first business, right? Impact theory, like that's all we have is community. Literally the thing that has made me successful in business is that I know how to build and nurture community. And so that's why it was so easy to understand why we needed to move into NFTs like whole hog immediately is like, oh, this is a thing that's good for the community. Yep, we're in. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. So I think what's going to end up happening is this just truly becomes democratized. It's, you know, 15 or 20 projects like Board Apes, like, um, it'll be interesting because Larva Labs, they have built extraordinary things and I would not bet against Larva Labs. So I'll be very curious to see if they can, if in the negotiation, they made sure that everything that happens moving forward is anchored to community. And that's my hope because I want to do things at the biggest scale humanly possible, which means that I'm going to need to work with larger companies. But because I'm so protective of the community um, in the negotiation, we can make sure that happens. But I think that, that it, the power is really shifting to individual creators. Makes total sense. And, you know, I, I think that there's a reason why community is always comes up in, in all of these conversations, because it really does drive um, the space. And, and as, as artists have shown, like, you know, Blau, for example, building that community can, can cause you to punch above your weight class outside of, you know, in the, in the traditional world, you know, you may not be uh, an A-list uh, musician, but, but in the crypto world, he is, and he's built that community there. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, I think that so many people understand that community is the key to success uh, in the space and, and creating value and sharing in it with that community. Um, but building community is easier said than done. And you've done a really good job of doing that. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, for, for artists or creators uh, in, who are looking to enter the NFT space, uh, what, what advice do you have for them as to how to build sustainable and engaged community? There's literally only one secret you have to make their life better. So my whole thesis, when I decided to step in front of a camera, which is not my natural state, I never thought that I would be doing this. 
is I realized, oh, wait a second, I have this magic trick. I can explain what I did to my own mindset and I can show other people how to do that. So put me in front of the camera. I'm highly verbal. I feel like I could build an audience of people where some percentage of them, because I know that the things that I teach actually work, some percentage of them will believe that I changed their life profoundly. And my goal, you know, this is in the early days, my goal was to when I go to pitch something at Netflix that I wanted people standing in the parking lot with signs saying, I'll watch anything by impact theory so that they understood that I could mobilize people. Now, obviously, as I worry less about, um, you know, going in and pitching and instead trying to do things ourselves, um, I just think more about harnessing that, that energy inside. But if you make people's lives better, you have a community. If you fail to make their life better, you don't have a community. So you can make their life better like you guys do with Alpha by bringing you know, a higher brow approach to NFTs. Um, you could bring value in the way that I do, which is, hey, here's how the brain works. Here's how your mind works. If you think like this and act like this, you know, you'll improve and people watch their life improve. It could be your funny. And, you know, I'm sure we've all lost an obscene amount of time on TikTok, just the motherfuckers that are funny. And you're like, damn, like, this is entertaining. Who would have thought this kid in Ohio is this funny doing shit in his fridge? And you're like, what? But nonetheless, it's super entertaining and it makes your life better. And if you can consistently make somebody's life better, you will always succeed. And I mean, always. Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, I, I think it's been, it's been really fun. Like, you know, going down the, the NFT rabbit hole the past few months, you said have been so fast paced, so much has been happening, new projects every day, you know? Um, and, and it's fun, you know, following along with, with like your journey on that too, on Twitter and, and other platforms, you know, seeing, seeing like which projects you're, you're getting into and the like, as a collector, like how, how do you sort of evaluate which NFT projects you, you want to support? And, uh, you know, I know you mentioned Oni Force, but are there any other artists or, or projects that you're particularly excited about right now? I could not be more obsessed with Mechaverse. I just, I, I, I am a total Mecha head. And look, they may drop the ball. I have no idea. I don't know them. Uh, so no affiliation whatsoever. Um, but I, so I have a whole thesis around Japan and why their storytelling has just taken over the globe. And for anybody that doesn't know the stat, it just tells you everything you need to know. There is a single title called Demon Slayer. It's a manga, famous anime that outsells the entire Western comic market. So it outsells Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, Wonder Woman, X-Men, Venom, every title all together one title outsells all of them. And I read a book, which I highly encourage everyone to read. This book will freak you out. It's called A Billion Wicked Thoughts. And it's, a, it's Google engineers looking at aggregating the data of anonymous porn searches online and what it tells you about humanity. It is utterly fascinating. And they end up talking about Japan and how their animation style has swept the world. And the, the core thesis is basically this, whatever memo got sent uh, that said, you know, there's like a culturally appropriate way to tell a story. They did not get that memo. And so they tell stories. If a, an 11 to 15 year old boy likes it, we are going to tell that story. If an 11 to 15 year old girl likes it, we are going to tell that story. And we do not try to bring them together. Like we make things for boys. We make things for girls. We do not judge them. We just give them what they want. And 
it's really, really quite brilliant. And so that led me into really getting into that style of storytelling and just immersing myself in anime culture and then becoming obsessed with anime culture. And I'm already a robot fiend, but when I found Gundam and just the mecha genre in general, I was like, oh my God, this is my soul turned inside out. And so just became extraordinarily obsessed. So when I saw, you know, there's basically, if anything, I bought a bunch of Astro friends because they had uh, one of their properties was, I think the big flex, and it's basically a Gundam piece put on its forehead. And I bought up like five of those. Anything anime related, I'm going to be in on. Um, and that was certainly why I went. I'm so excited about Mechaverse. Is it's just like they're reimagining Gundam toys, don't tell Bandai that, uh, as toys. And so it's uh, the art is just ridiculously cool. Now, whether they do something, um, you know, with the community is a bigger question. All right. So that's my aesthetic thesis. The thing that I really get hardcore about is. Either is there energy flowing into this project? Because there, at least you can find out if, if you're seeing that purchase pattern, like right at that elbow of the curve, um, and you can catch it at that point, then you can certainly um, do a good flip on that, if nothing else. And then I look for people that I believe will deliver long-term value. And so I am, you know, we talked earlier about you know, people fudding what's going on with NFTs and are we headed towards a bubble? And I, I say this with respect to people. I, you know, I feel bad for anybody that one, never invest more money than you're prepared to lose. And I don't want to see anybody left holding the bag. But in all honesty, I would love it if we had like a nice big dip because I'm so bullish long-term. So if it goes down, I'm blue chipping all day. I'm fucking snatching up punks. I'm going after more apes. Like I, I would just go fucking crazy. And so that, because, you know, now you're talking blue chips, now you're talking long-term value. Now you're talking, what does it mean? Now it's understanding human nature and what are going to be the pieces that, you know, give you the flex. And like, when people started talking about, yo, there's a lot of hacks, you need to get this stuff into your, um, your, um, you know, off site on a ledger or something like that into a cold wallet. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, I didn't want to. And I didn't want to, I only because I misunderstood the technology, but I didn't want to because I was afraid you can't see then what projects I like and what I've picked up and what good grabs I've got. And dude, I'm not like hyper prone to that kind of stuff. Like I'm not usually, I don't worry about flexing or anything like that, but it isn't so that I can dunk on people. It's like, yo, look at what I'm a part of. Look at the groups that I belong to. Oh, you're one of those two? Like, and which one I picked? Like, that's another thing. Like, yo, this one matters to me. I went for this one. And all of that social signaling is, it is real. So you can argue against it. You can say it's dumb, but it is real. That's, that's how a certain subset of humans are wired. And I'm hardcore wired for that. Um, so to put a neat bow on that, anything anime focused, anything with ultra sick art and anything that's either blue chip or I really believe in the team and the roadmap. That's amazing, man. Well, um, really appreciate that time and really appreciate you coming on today. I think there's tons of, uh, uh, amazing stuff that we learned and it just gets me really excited about the, the future of the space and everything you continue to do, especially how you're really trying to leverage the technology as a mechanism to really impact people's lives in a positive way. Um, so here's to you, man. Thanks for thanks for coming by today, Tom. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was wonderful. All right. See you soon. Man, that was an incredible episode. Really enjoyed speaking with Tom. I think very, uh, very well very experienced entrepreneur understands that there really is this massive shift that's that's happening across different industries. And I think especially 
Um, I mean, he's deep in when it comes to media and entertainment and has already been tackling it from an innovative angle. So this technology and NFTs um, really do enable him to kind of accelerate his mission and be at the forefront of what does it look like for a modern media company or a modern creator um, to really lean into this. And I'm very excited to see him continue to set a precedent and push it forward on his own projects. And then even beyond that, too, just uh, given his experience as, a, as an entrepreneur and businessman, just kind of getting his his take and perspective on the, the market overall really inspired and excited coming out of that conversation what stood out to you matt he just gets it like you know he's got like he just has a real understanding and a finger pulse on just how seismic that was the word he used to describe it how seismic a change this is this isn't just one you know new vertical or or one new technology this is going to disrupt everything i know that we at nft now believe that and it's so validating to hear someone with his pedigree uh confirming uh, those those feel those thoughts and feelings you know i loved hearing his thoughts on how this uh, you know, fundamentally redefines um, the business models for so many different, um, so many different fields. You know, when he talked about, you know, all of these traditional businesses bleeding out, like I felt that, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, it, it was really, it was really great to hear um, his thoughts too around projects in the space. I thought that he gave some really sound advice um, for for new people coming into the space. Um, I think he really spoke to that very well. I think a, a lot of us have experienced that too, whereas as the markets have risen, it's like people are asking about it. How do we help them help ha- hold hands and show them how to get in there, but also do it in a way that you know doesn't put them at, at, at too much risk? I thought that he was pitch perfect on all those notes. So it was, it was just a great conversation and, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, uh, likewise. And I think as always, if you haven't already, um, we'd really appreciate it if you guys left a review for this podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week. Got a lot of exciting things in store. So appreciate your continued support. And until next week, we are out.